Well, I thought he was talking to me. See, me personally, I wouldn't let my daddy talk to me like that. Look at that right here. But I took my shirt off so fast, man. Bro, that's my daddy, though, bro. Yo, daddy? See, me personally? Nah, I call my dad David. Ain't no son around here. I don't take that. No. No, you don't, bro. Telling you right now. All right, so in, in, in case you had a hard time with that at first, my man's daddy came out the room and said, hey, make sure you go take out the trash. And my man, sitting on the couch, I'd have had the same reaction. Yes, sir. How many of your pops or somebody at your home tells you to take out the trash? You know they're not asking you. You know they're telling you. So you know you better go get that done. Like, AJ, don't let your mama ask twice. She's going to kill you, knock the black off you. Like, it, it, it's real this serious, right? And so, so my man said, yeah, yes, sir. The other dude, act like he took his shirt off, said, oh, I thought he was talking to me because me personally ain't nobody going to talk to me that way. Guy said, wait, hold on, that's my pops. He said, I don't even call my daddy dad. I call him David. And if I call my daddy by his government name, I wouldn't be alive right now. Now, here's the thing. It's one thing to call your daddy by his government name. If I called my mom outside of her name, if I called her Cindy, or if I said something along those lines, first off, she's Puerto Rican. Second off, I'm an adult too, so she can hit me without getting the case. Like, I, I'd be in trouble. Anybody else, like, your parents would just go overboard with it. Okay, okay, okay. Then maybe it was just me then. All right. Me, me personally, talking about my preferences, what, what I like to do. Everybody say, me personally. All right, so now I got, I, got, I, got a, I got three questions for you. I want to know what you prefer. Are you ready? All right, number one, number one, number one. Do you prefer milkshakes or ice cream? All right, all right, all right, all right. Do you prefer red Gatorade or the blue Gatorade? Yo, that was serious. Yo, like straight up, y'all was mad serious on some Gatorade stuff. Okay, okay, okay. All right, now this is a big one. This tells you a lot about an individual. Do you prefer chewy cookies or crunchy cookies? Yo, I want to I wanna act like as if I'm from New York. You're like, word to my mother, if you ever brought me a crunchy cookie, I'm going to throw it at your face. Like, I'm, I'm chewy cookie all day long. I, I take them chewy cookies all day long. Actually, real deal, I like the crispy on the outside, soft and chewy on the inside. But, you know, they, they, they don't sell it that way in stores. Listen, I, we, we all have preference. Say, I have a preference. We all have our own individual preferences when it comes to this thing in life and, and how we do things and how we don't do things and what we will do, what we won't do. We, we all have preferences. Now, there's this show that I saw, uh, I, I've seen, seen it a couple times, actually, if, I, I ain't going to lie to you. Somebody, you just like binge-watching shows that you done already seen before. Like, I know what's going to happen. I still get scared. I'm still like, I'm still like, don't do it, don't do it. And I done known he did it because I done seen him do it five times now. But I'm, I'm still talking to the TV. Anybody else talk to the TV? You're one of those people. Okay, cool. I, at least I'm not the only weird one here. Um. So, so, so there's a show that I was watching. You might end up knowing what it is, but it's a football show, and there's a cat in it. His name's Asher, and as he's in this show, he, he's, he's a football player, but my, my man's nice. He's nice with a white boy, but he's bad. And uh, he, he plays football. He's real good at it, but something happens to him where he can no longer play ball. And now he's in this thing of, who am I? 
I've always been known as a football player. I've always been known on a ball field. My whole identity was wrapped up in football, but now that I don't have that thing, who am I? There's another movie that I've seen. It was a basketball movie. It's a little bit older, but it was a basketball movie. This guy made it to the, made it to the league, and he, he, he was nice on the court, ended up having an injury, and he wasn't able to play basketball anymore. Then ran into the question, who am I without basketball? You ever wonder who you are without your most talented gift? You ever thought about that? Like, who would I be without sports? Who, who would I be without this loud extra personality? Imagine Cotty without an extra personality. Like, what, what would this world be like? Peaceful. Uh, it, it would just, it would be crazy. Uh, imagine, imagine Isaiah without art. Or imagine, imagine Picasso without art. Would he know who he is? Imagine if, if you're the class clown or somebody that you know is the class clown. Imagine them not being the class clown. Who would they still be? Many times, many times we build or I have built my identity based off of what I excel at. Again, whether it be sports or whether it be the smart kid in school, which was not me. I found out real quick, C's get degrees, and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Uh, but whether it be sports, whether it be fine arts or, or, or being the social person, or you got a business mindset where you selling candy in kindergarten just to make sure you make some money. Whatever aspect it is, we've, we have all probably labeled ourselves and have put our identity into something that we are good at. See, because the reality is this. You know what you're good at, and if you don't know, ask somebody, and they'll tell you real quick what you are good at and what you are not good at. Example, talk to my basketball friends. I might tell them that I'm good at basketball. Real quick, AJ tells me that I suck. He ain't never beat me 1v1, but he tells me that I suck. And so we we, we all have, we're good at some things, we're not good at other things. And, and people will, if we allow them, they'll, they'll kind of tell us what we're good at, what we're not good at. But if I could encourage you with one thing, it'd be this. Your identity is more than the role that you play in life, and it's more than what you're good at. Your identity is more than that because the reality is this. If you're a ball player right now, I love that. And enjoy it and be the best at it. I'm, I'm all for that. But what are you going to do one day when you hang up the cleats or you hang up the shoes or you put down the bat and the glove? What, 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 who are you then? Or you're, you're an amazing scholar. You're so good in school. You take the best notes. Everybody goes to you. And although cheating is not allowed, people cheat off of you because they know you're good. Like you, you, you that person. What do you do when you're no longer in school? We all have these areas that we're good at, but you are more than just those areas. There's this story of a cat in the Bible. It's actually my absolute favorite Bible story ever. This guy, he's my favorite character in the Bible, and it's my favorite story. And uh, the, the story is of this guy named Samson. Everybody say Samson. Samson. Samson was a real-life action figure. Like if Superman was a human being, it would be him. Uh, Vic, if Power Rangers were like a real deal, legit thing, Samson would have been the head one. Like, this is who Samson was, right? And, and basically, to give you the rundown of Samson, 
uh, he was strong. Like, strong, strong. Like, the Bible says that he had the strength of many, many men. Like, he, my boy could throw around some weight, and he was a warrior. He was one that would fight on behalf of God. And when he, before he was even born, an angel went to his mother and said, hey, yo, God is going to use him to do some dope, crazy things, but there's some things that God is saying that he doesn't want him to do. Not that it's wrong to do, we just don't want him to do it. And so mom said, all right, what is it? Bible said, hey, I don't want him getting drunk. The angel said that. And mom said, all right, sounds good. Second thing that mom uh, that the angel said is, hey, God does not want him to cut his hair. Wants him to have some long locks. Wants him to have some long hair. Mama said, all right, sounds good. And they kept going with a couple other things. And, and so as Samson was growing up in life, he never had a haircut. And as his hair, as he continued to obey what that angel said and never had a haircut, he had all this strength and all this power and was winning wars. And people knew that he, was, he wasn't cutting his hair in order to obey God because God had told his mom, hey, don't let him do this. So even as he became an adult, he made sure that he was still doing things God's way so that he could get God's results. Well, it came to the point where he started hitting some Tough times. Everybody say tough times. He, he, at first, he knew his identity, his strength, his power, what he was good at, what people celebrated. He knew that it was only because of God that he even had those things. But at some point, he started hitting some tough times where he allowed his identity to be caught up in something else. He, he, he started in, engaging in some relationships that he knew he shouldn't have been in but got in them anyway because he thought, since I'm strong enough to take on all this army and stuff, surely I'm strong enough to get in this relationship with old girl and she won't be able to beat me either, right? So he, he, he started putting down his boundaries and, and started walking into some things that, again, he knew he shouldn't have done. And long story short, his hair ended up getting cut off. Hair got cut off. Well, at the same time that his hair got cut off, his strength, his power, that thing that God had blessed him with left him immediately as well. It's like this, his, him, his hair getting cut off was his kryptonite. He, he couldn't take it, and he had no power. He didn't have that same oomph once that, hair, once that hair got cut off. So he was once a conqueror. He was once a dude who was, who was taking names. I like kicking butt. He, he was doing all that, and now he's enslaved. Because once they cut off his hair, they captured him. And where he used to be able to fight his way out of it, he couldn't do that this time. And, and he, he used to be that dude that people went to for the answer when they were in trouble. And then he found himself in some trouble and he couldn't even help himself out of it. Because he got his identity all mixed up. He, he knew at first that it was all caught up on God started believing in his own hype, started believing in the hype of his boys and his crew and the celebration of people, that he started letting his boundaries down. And once he let his boundaries down, he started seeing, man, I, I might be able to entertain some things that I didn't before, and I might be strong enough in order to keep going through with it to find out that he wouldn't. A little while later, his hair gets cut off. He's enslaved. It's a it's a crazy, like, if you've ever seen the movie 300, I'm not endorsing it, but if you've ever seen it, it's like one of them kind of movies, like it's a warrior kind of a movie. Some things happen with Samson. Long story short, he ends up realigning his heart with God and basically just saying, God, I'm sorry that I messed up, and I pray that you help me through a situation. 
God gave him his power all right back. And he was able, even though he didn't have the hair, God gave him his power right back. He was able to do the last things that he needed to do that he was called to do here on earth. See, here's the thing. Samson's problem was not his hair being cut off. His problem was that he altered his identity. He tried changing who God asked him to be. He tried changing the thing that gave him power. He thought, maybe I can do it on my own. And, and here's the reality. As you, read, as you read this story, he did not intentionally get his hair cut off. He got tricked. This girl tricked him. He, he, he got persuaded into this thing that he didn't even know was going to happen. So which means this. I can be doing things with the best of intentions, but still have a negative outcome. Man, I used to get in trouble all the time with my mom growing up. Still to this day, I still get in trouble with this sometimes. While I'll say something, we'll be having a conversation back and forth. And she'll say, Caleb, she'll tell me what I did wrong or what, what I'm saying wrong. And she'll say, here's the thing, son. That's not what you said, it's how you said it. What you said was not wrong. The premise of it was right. But how you delivered it and where you went with it, man, that's what was wrong. Basically, that same kind of a thing happened here with Samson. What he did was not wrong in being in a relationship. But what was wrong is he did it outside of the context of what God asked him to do. So he started changing. He tried to alter his identity. He knew his strength came from his obedience in God, not from his hair. His hair was an outward picture of his obedience to what God had said. But then he started getting praise, lost track of his identity, started finding his identity in a relationship, began a slow fade away, and then hit the lowest point ever. Thankfully, God's grace, he got realigned, and God was able to restore back that which Samson had lost. See, this idea of identity, everybody say identity. It's a really big word that gets thrown around a lot, oftentimes misused, and oftentimes undermined. Here's what I mean by that. You have an identity and I have an identity. The problem is we think that we can change our identity. We're going to get into this, but our, our identity has already been set. And if I'm just going to be honest, my biggest problem in life, my biggest headaches, when I have screwed up the most, when I was in high school, when I was in college, in my marriage, in my friendships, when I've screwed up the most is when I have tried to alter my identity to fit my needs and my desires more than what my identity actually is and who it actually comes from. That's been my biggest problems. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Please leave that up on the screen. We are God's masterpiece. Everybody say, I am a masterpiece. How many of you know I sometimes don't feel like a masterpiece? Like when you wake up and see yourself first thing in the morning in the mirror. Uh-huh. You know them faces that they say only a mother could love that face? Like even the ones that your mama couldn't even love. 
Like, like, like God, God said, even in them moments, like you, you still a masterpiece. He created us. Talking about God, he created us brand new in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things he planned for us long ago. There's three things that I quickly want to let you know and remind myself about this thing of identity. Everybody say identity. That if we truly buy into this, I guarantee you will go through less problems in life if you know your real identity. I will go through less things in life if I actually know my real identity. First thing to understand is this. God gives us our identity. It's God-ordained. It's God-given. God gives us our identity. See, you and, I have, you and I, we have a choice on what identity we pick up. We talked about this earlier. I know the things that I'm good at, and I know what I'm not good at. I promise you, I'll be the first one to tell you, I ain't good at that. Don't ask me to do that. I don't mind doing what I'm good at. I just really don't want to do what I'm not good at. Anybody else? I don't want to fail. I don't mind doing what I know. But don't ask me to do something I don't know. I, I don't want to do that. So I, I know what I'm good at, and oftentimes I will put my identity in what I'm good at, or I'll allow people to start telling me who I am or what I am, and I'll allow those outside voices to tell me who I should be, telling me that I need to change myself. Because ain't it funny how culture celebrates individuality, but then it slams you for not fitting in? It tells you, culture tells you, hey, dress how you want to, and then says, why are you dressing so weird? It tells you, hey, post whatever you want to, listen to whatever music you want to, and then if you don't listen to the mainstream stuff, what do you mean you don't listen to this? What do you mean you don't do things this way? Do relationships however you want to. What do you mean you ain't sleeping around while you're in this relationship? They... Culture will dictate and will try to tell you what to do, even though it can celebrate individuality. It slams you for not fitting in. But again, it, as much as you and I have to battle that in picking and choosing, the reality is God has already given us our identity. In Jeremiah 1, 5, the Bible says, before I started to put you together in your mother, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart as holy. I chose you to speak to the nations for me. That mean I got to be a pastor? No, but that does mean that my life should speak and let people know that I follow Jesus. That's my identity, being a Christ follower. But mind you, but I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. God's the one who formed us with our identity. God's the one who put everything together before cells were even put together. God's the one who tied it in. Genesis 2, 2, verse 7, the Bible says, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. You and I would not be living without God. God breathed into you. God breathed into me. That's how we got here. God set our identity. So that means when I live doing things his way and walking in the identity that he's given me, I am fully alive. If I try to take that away and do things my way, if his way is the thing that brought me life, then anything other than that will bring me death. You want to play with identity? Go for it. And watch what can happen. And it's such a slippery slope. See, because there's two things 
two things that are divine about you right now. Two things that you, that based on here, God said, I gave you this for a reason. And to change it would be to tell me that I messed up. There's two things. Culture celebrates you for being different, but slams you when you believe something different than culture. So when I believe this book, I have the I I could potentially be getting saying, well, this book says that two things are very divine: my race and my gender. Those are God given. I decide what job I have. I decide what school I go to. I decide what clothes I wear. I decide if I go to college or if I go straight into the workforce. I don't decide if I'm white or if I'm Puerto Rican. I don't decide if I'm black. I don't decide if I'm Asian. I don't decide that. God gave that to me for a reason. I don't decide if I'm a man or a female. God gave that to me. It, it's something that is divine. If I'm his masterpiece, then for me to want to change either my gender or my race is me saying that, God, you messed up in your masterpiece. And if he messed up for me, then that means that he messed up for other people too. So is God perfect or is he not? So we have to be so careful whenever we start to modify things because to tear down one principle of God is to tear down everything of God. I either believe the entire Bible or none of it. I can't just believe in the promises and the blessings that he has for me without also understanding the standard that he has set for me. There's things for us to decide. Now, that doesn't make it easy. That doesn't mean that people don't struggle with it. But if I'm fighting it, I'm okay. But if I indulge in it, that's where my problem lies. I've struggled with what my identity has been in. I've struggled with that before, finding it in sports and not finding it in God. But God says, listen, if you do things my way, I'm the one that breathed life into you. You can live a full life if you live in the identity that I have given you. So the first thing is God gives us our identity. The second thing is this. Your identity actually protects you. When we take on the identity that God has given us as one who worships God, that is my identity. I'm one who serves God with everything that I am. How I do that is up to me. But what I am, who I am, is I'm a worshiper of Jesus. That is why I was born on this earth. That's why you were born on this earth. The Bible says if we don't do what we're called to do, then he'll raise up stones to take your place, to take my place. That's what the Bible says. He said, my, my will is going to get done. I just want you to be a part of it. But you and I have to buy into this thing of identity. So the second thing is our identity protects us. Knowing who you are keeps you from being who you're not. Knowing who you are keeps you from being who you're not. You ever notice when you're driving uh, that there's lanes on the road? Unless you live in Polk City. There, 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 there's lanes on the road. Are you able to cross over those lanes? Okay, yes, you can. Um, sorry. Um, dotted, let me help the leaders in the back. If it's a straight line, no, you can't. If it's a dotted line, yes, you, you can cross over lanes. There's nothing wrong with that. Do it safely. There's nothing wrong with that. Imagine driving on Florida Avenue, I-4, being in the car, and there being no lanes, what would happen? It'd be crazy. People already cut in front of you when there's lines that they're supposed to be in. People texting and driving, they swerving all the way over. JD does that all the time. Like, that, that happens. It happens, right? And there's lines. 
lines on a street represent a boundary for you to stay in. Us knowing our identity through Jesus gives us a boundary in life. When I know who I am, it keeps me from being who I'm not. So when I know who I am and how I operate and what I'm willing to do in a relationship and what I'm doing when I'm having fun and how I'm supposed to go about ABCD, then it keeps me from putting in some other stuff that other people might be trying to throw into the mix because I don't do that. I've pre-decided before I even got into the situation what I do. How many of y'all know Kevin Hart? I mean... I mean, you might not know him, but you know of him, right? Like, I, I, I know of Kevin Hart, right? Like, he makes me feel tall. But listen, we discussed last week, I'm 6'6". Six, six. Um, so, so Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart, he's funny. He's hilarious. He knows who he is. He's the short, funny guy in majority of all the movies. Like, that, that is what he does. He has a quote saying this, I am who I am. That's why my friends and peers respect and appreciate me. I don't change or cater my actions to fit my surroundings. I'm myself 24-7. People appreciate that. He knows his identity. He knows what he's about. He knows how he handles things. He knows how he conducts himself. He, he knows, do you know who you are? In order to not change who you are based on who you're around. Do you know who you are in order not to change based on what location you're in? So no matter the circumstances, no matter the friend group, no matter if it's the country folk or if it's the hood folk, it don't make a difference. It doesn't matter what activity we're in. I have a boundary of my identity that keeps me acting the exact same, talking the exact same, doing things the exact same. Why? Because I know my identity, and my identity begins to protect me from anything else. So when I know what I am and who I am, I'm able to go into all these fears knowing I'm not going to change who I am because this is me, and I'm proud of it. That's basically what Kevin Hart says. He said, your identity helps you say yes to things and no to other things. So the first thing is God gives us our identity. Not for us to toy with, play with. God gives it to us. The second thing is our identity actually protects us. And the third thing is this. Our identity, your identity is worth fighting for. See, our identity is built off of God's credit, not our performance. Here's why that's important. Have you ever messed up before? Yep, but we read earlier that God called you a masterpiece. Can a masterpiece mess up? So... My identity in God is not based off of my performance on what I do. It's based off of God's character. And as long as I put forth effort, God doesn't ask me to be perfect, but he does ask me to pursue him. And as long as I pursue that relationship, I get that, that kind of credit, that kind of, uh, that kind of God's credit over my life on my identity based off of him, not based off of me. See, God challenges us by seeing us differently, seeing us better than how we see ourselves. Someone was to ask you your opinion on who are you. If you were in a room by yourself, you had a pencil and a pen. Nobody would see your piece of paper. 
Nobody would see your piece of paper. As soon as you got done writing it, you would be able to light it on fire, burn it. There's no existence of it. If I was to ask you, who are you, what would you write down? I'll tell you some things that I would write down for me based on my history. An addict. I'd write down a liar. Uh, I'd write down a cheater. I'd write down a mess up. I'd write down a mistake as who I am. Maybe you would have wrote down one of those words. Maybe you have some other words that you would write down if someone was to ask you, who are you really? Not who do you pretend to be, not who are you on social media, not who are you at school, who are you at the root, who are you? And here's why your identity is worth fighting for. If God gave us our identity, then God has an opinion of our identity. And although I might have some negative thoughts about my identity and who I am and what I'm about, God has some opinions too. 1 John 3, 2, the Bible says that God calls us, that we are a child of God, meaning that we have the best family lineage in history. You talk about, oh, well, my family's a family of addicts, or all my family, they're alcoholics. Yeah, well, your family history is also built on God, and God is perfect. He's never lost anything, he ain't never messed up on nothing, and he ain't going to start now. So you got good family lineage. Matthew 5, 14 says that you are the light of the world, meaning you are an influencer for Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, which literally means this. You are the walking church. The church is there not for perfect people, but for sick people, for people who need to get better. That's why I show up to church all the time, because I need a lot of help getting a lot better. The Bible literally says you are the temple of that. So everywhere you go, God goes, and God can produce a healing for people just because you showed up. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that you're brand new. You're not old, busted, and disgusted, and messed up, but you are a visual of what grace and mercy can do. That's your identity. Ephesians 1.3 says you are blessed. Why does God bless us? We're blessed to be a blessing. 2 Corinthians 3, 12 says that you are bold. I don't have to be fearful. I don't have to be insecure. I don't have to be hiding from anything. I can be bold. Why? Because I know who I am. I know who my God is. I know what he's called me to do. So I'm not even, I might not be confident in me, but I'm confident in him. And I know he didn't make a mistake. So I can walk boldly and strongly into this. And Colossians 2, 10 says that you are enough. Whether you feel that way or not, the Bible says you are enough. Why? Because Jesus valued you as that. That's why he died on the cross, because he said you are worth it. You are enough. One of my favorite songs is This Is How I Fight My Battles. One of my favorite worship songs. You know why? I feel like I always have to fight a battle of my identity. I'm trying to figure out who am I? What am I going to be today? What friend group am I with? Am I, am I going to change based on that friend group? Am I going to be the same, knowing my identity and pushing forward? And here, here's the reality. Why do we need to fight for our identity? Because God never stops fighting for us, so why should we stop fighting for us? We have no right to anything we don't put effort into. If I want to put effort into my identity and my relationship with Jesus, that's the exact thing that I'm going to get back is the full provision, the full blessing that comes with him having my identity. Everybody stand to your feet. So God gives us our identity, 
Our identity protects us and our identity is worth fighting for. It's not the sexiest thing to say. It's not the sexiest thing to talk about, but hopefully after hearing some of the things that I said, you will understand the importance of identity. And the reality is this, if you don't choose your identity, one will be given to you. So I'm either gonna choose to pick and do it God's way and take on the identity that he has over my life, or I'm gonna play the lottery and see which identity culture will give me. I'm gonna see what my friends will happen to say today. Your life is worth more than a lottery ticket. It's why God has so many opinions about who you are. And the Bible is layered with verses that talk about who you are, who your identity is, what you're called to do, how strong you are, how much of an overcomer you are. Why does he say that so much? Because he knows that at times we don't feel that way. And I sometimes don't feel up to the identity that he's called me. You ever, um, you ever play with fake money? Have you ever been fooled by fake money? So when I was in school, I'm not saying fake money just became a thing because it's, it's been around for a while, but fake money was around a lot. And, and I remember we used to have friends like say, hey, yo, I'll give you these chips for a dollar. And, and they would hand somebody a dollar and it would look real, but it was fake. And you'd be able to tell like, off some bills, they got a blue ship going down them. You'll be able to hold it up to the light. You'll be able to see different things. You know, at, at a bank, they actually teach people how to tell if it's real money or fake money. And you know how they, how they teach them the difference between real money and fake money? They have them study real money, not fake money, so that they always know what the original looks like. Because when I know the original, I'll be able to know what a counterfeit is. I know who I am by studying the originator of my life. You want to know what it is for you to and who your identity is in the real version of you? Study God and it'll show up in your life. You see who he is. You see who he's called you to be. You see that I'm in that bloodline. Then that is, that's exactly your identity. Because here's the reality. Culture make counterfeits, but God makes originals. I could be a counterfeit of somebody else, or I can be original made of God. Which one do you want to be? You have the choice. You're original. You're a one of a design kind of a person. That's your identity. That's my identity, to be a follower and a worshiper of Jesus. That's who I am, and how I decide to do that is all up to me. But me personally... I'm taking God more serious so that I can learn my true identity. So I'm not going to let people dictate it. I'm not going to let circumstances dictate it. I'm not going to let culture dictate it. I'm not going to let my mind dictate it. I'm going to let God say it. Because where God has an opinion, mine is completely irrelevant. God has an opinion of who you are. It's really, really good. I encourage you to buy into it. God, we love you so much. So grateful. 
for the words, for the blessings that you've said over our lives. God, I pray that you help all of us uh, buy into the identity that you have set for us, that even though our mind can cloud it out and even though culture can cloud it out and even preferences can cloud it out, God, I pray that you just help us all buy into and study and get to know you because when we know you, we'll be able to truly know who we are and what you called us to be. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.